I'm Ron Algar-Watt, and this is More Bits. I recently featured the Seattle-based comedy troupe Princess, Josh Bornstein, Randy Cleveland, Dan Hart, and Glenn Yoshioka, on episode 184 of my sketch comedy podcast, Sarcastic Voyage. I've seen the group live a few times, and they turned out to be just as much fun in person as they are on stage. No, no, I don't have anything for the record. My, na- my name is Glenn. All right. Uh, how old are you? I am 31 years old. What do you do for a living? I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> how old were you when you were born? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'd like to say less than one year old. Okay. Like greater than zero. That checks out. I'm I just know. waiting to see where this goes. I, you sure. don't even need oh, me at this point. To, yeah. And that's not like a <laughs> passive aggressive. You don't even need me. I mean, seriously, you don't even need me. You just, you guys just. Uh, roll um, I've never been on a podcast before, so I don't know. I don't know what's expected of us or what to do. Uh, me um, sorry. Me neither. It's, it's like being on stage, except you can just assume that absolutely no one is listening or paying attention or. It sounds about like what, what our usual stage presence is. Okay, like. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you can also like edit out like awkward silences too. I, I will certainly edit mine out. Yeah. <laughs> not going to promise anything else. Um, and I would really appreciate it if you did it for us too. <laughs> how much would you appreciate just, just it is kind of, of what I'm getting at. Um, we're not on stage though, so we can't do our default uh, just start screaming. <laughs> to bring up the energy in the room. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Screaming screaming is a is an integral part of what we usually do. I feel like a lot of princess <laughs> humor is based on how loud it is mm-hmm. and killing each other. Really yeah. the, a lot the of way death. the writing process works is that we come into the room together, we sit down, we start screaming at each other, and the first one who like runs out of air and has an idea, that's basically where we go from there. Yeah, yeah. It's a, one by one we each pass out <laughs> from lack of air. <laughs> yep. And then whoever's left is like, oh, I, it's my idea this week that we're we writing. we wake up, we like say, all right, you guys know what you're writing? Okay, cool. I'll see you next week. Perfect. That's where all the ideas come from, though. All the latest science says that like sleeping is where our brain processes information. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. actually like, I mean, it might be anecdotal here, but I think time will tell that what we're doing is actually bona fide. I would not have believed that at all were you not wearing glasses, but now I am completely buying like any scientific bullshit you could say right now. Like, yes, Glenn. Yeah, absolutely. That, totally. That is completely. Yep. 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 For everyone out there, I'm wearing glasses, and they have a frame. Right. Yeah. If they were frameless, you would think you were a big, fat pony. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. See, yeah. Dan is also wearing glasses, but I can't see him. He's obscured by my microphone, so or by my monitor, so as far as I know, like, he doesn't exist. I, I'm sorry, Dan. He may or may not be smart. This is like you're actually just listening to the podcast already because you can't <laughs> see me. You just hear my voice. For the listener, Glenn is wearing, or Dan is wearing a tortoise shell glasses with a they may or may not yeah. be tortoise shell uh, with a green and brown plaid shirt some uh, brownish maybe forest green pants Glenn? I like I like you, you you seem to be doing sort of the like I'm auditioning to take the Joan Rivers spot on the red carpet thing except you're giving it the golf read <laughs> so it's very sort of conflicting uh well, he much wants to more go into, like golf fashion, mm. so you know, best crossover for that. It's yeah. uh, the totally green sense. carpet, and it's cut much lower than the rest <laughs> of the carpet. Because right, otherwise, the ball would get stuck. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Our balls, as they would have them be, depending on you know how you play golf. Who was <laughs> I don't know how golf is played. <laughs> <laughs> I Wait, only know you... about sleeving. I don't know anything about golf. <laughs> about sleeving? Sleeping. Oh. Sleeping. 
I was trying to figure out what sleeping you know, is. You know, I'm self-conscious about my articulation. I, you know, it's justified. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to knock this the usual stupid, like, expository questions out of the way, and this might not even make the show, but just to sort yeah. of get things rolling, like, how did you guys meet, blah, 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 blah. So let's start with that one. Yeah, like, it's it's yeah. nice that I'm not talking to a group that is like 17 years old and they just met in geometry class last week. Like for a change, they yeah. might be like, <laughs> "Yeah, we're all uh, jaded old people." Yes, uh, Glenn and I are. Glenn, yeah. Glenn and I are the oldest. Um, Princess, yeah. So Princess currently is uh, myself, Randall Cleveland, Dan Hart, Glenn Yoshioka, and Josh Bornstein or Steen. I never know. Steen. I mean, Bornstein. It's, it, it's however. People can say whatever. All right. Um, But we started, uh, Josh was not an original princess. Uh, We originally were the three of us plus a guy named Taylor Griffin and Clayton Weller, who owns the illustrious Pocket Theater. Mm -hmm. Check it out, thepocket.org. Good plug. Thank you. (laughs) Very organic, and what makes it more organic is when you call it out. (laughs) What was that again? It was thepocket.what? What was that name again? I forgot. That is. he uh, he is also the artistic director for Sketchfest Seattle, and for Sketchfest in 2013, wanted to put together a group of people he knew, who were, uh, in his opinion, funny and might get along. So we went through like a month or maybe two months of him. Two months, yeah. Yeah, him like bringing us together and sort of forcing us to hang out, and like we we had never met any of each other. I don't think like you guys didn't know each other before, right? No. Yeah. I had. Um... I hadn't. I think I met Taylor briefly at a Sketchfest staff meeting, um, right? Because he was doing some design work for them. But uh, yeah, they had this thing. They called it the Summit, and they try. They the idea was to bring together some funny people who are kind of in the sketch scene, but don't have a group, and it's kind of like trying to get pandas to mate in captivity, <laughs> like. He just had us keep hanging out with each other and being like, hey, guys, maybe you should write something. Here's how to That'd write a cool. sketch. Yeah, and having, a, having a room that locks is a crucial part of that. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely. See, I was picturing sort of like a prefab, like you said Clayton got you all together. I'm picturing like the monkeys where it was sort of a very corporate, like, okay, we need the we need the cute one and we need the angry one and yes. we need, the, you know, and so forth. Who I'll let you guys all? decide who's who. Who was that guy? <laughs> who was the, the like creepy, obese businessman who put together like NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys? Uh... I don't remember. Clayton is that guy of the <laughs> sketch comedy world, whoever that is. Uh, he also he did it again this year. He and Sophie mm-hmm. uh, put together or brought together four people f- that became Day Job. Who huh. are an awesome group that you should uh, interview if you're looking for. Fun yeah, I'm, I've actually to. got some feelers out for them right now. So. Awesome. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we st- we we did a show as part of Sketchfest, and then um, once that was done, Clayton was sort of like, "Okay, I'm I'm through with you guys." It's up to you if you continue or whatever. Um, and we sort of we sort of did. We did a couple of shows that we wrote and produced ourself, uh, ourselves. And then Taylor moved to New York City. Uh, and it was weird when we met Josh because Taylor uh, basically said, like, okay, I'm, I'm moving away. And this guy's replacing me. I've picked, <laughs> I've picked my replacement. Yeah. There wasn't like an audition process or something. You just here he is. So, yeah. so just to provide a little bit of backstory from, from yes, my end. please, so Josh. I went to school with Taylor at the University of Puget Sound in Tacoma, Washington. Nice blood. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think it was back in like 
right before the show, uh, you guys had almost at the beginning of this year, January, mm-hmm. uh, Taylor called me up frantically and was like, uh, we need some help with the show. Would you mind helping out? I was like, uh, no, I can't. I'm, I'm occupied with this other thing. Oh, right. That was uh, because we were go- undergoing our Glenn crisis. Yeah, where yeah, Glenn, yeah. I went crazy. Glenn freaked out and left the group for a few weeks. <laughs> Minor piece of drama. Like, anyway, for a few weeks, it yeah. just happened to be the few weeks when we had like a three-week running show. Right before so, the show, yeah. No big deal. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, a couple months after that, um, Taylor, I think it was Taylor originally, who approached me and, and said, well, so we were wondering if you wanted to be a part of the group because I think I'm going to be transitioning out. Uh, so we're going to have a like a little bit of a goodbye show basically. And, um, you know, just wanted to see if you wanted to jump in. I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, it's funny that you say you think it was Taylor that approached you because Taylor was the only one who knew you. <laughs> right. <laughs> so well, I think it was him that approached well, you. Well, no, I'd, I'd met, uh, you yeah. guys actually way back in the fall of last year. Oh, John right. But it was the mashups. The mashup, right, right, yeah, right. Sketchfest mashup where, I mean, I think. It's worth explaining. It's just like a random thing that is also done by Sketchfest, where like random comedians get together for forty-eight hours and write and produce a whole show. Good plug. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's like the forty-eight hour film project, something yeah. like that, only for sketch comedy. Exactly. Right. Yeah, you uh, meet everybody and pitch ideas on Friday. Dan actually runs this. You explain it. Yeah, yeah. do it. You, we have kind of like a pitch session on Friday night. Everyone's essentially strangers, um, and we have dinner together and laugh a lot, and then. Uh, Everybody goes home and writes a draft. Saturday, we edit the drafts together. And uh, Sunday, we rehearse the scenes and we put on the show Sunday night. It's like, wow. It's a whirlwind, um, but it's really fun. And it's a cool, we tend to get people who are trying out sketch comedy um, for the first time or for the first, you know, couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um and they get to mingle with people who are in groups and do this stuff all the time. So it's a, uh, it's a really fun little like workshop, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I, I enjoy it a lot. How would how would people in Seattle sign up for the mashup? <laughs> Since um, we're all about plugs on this. Uh yeah, we're like we're we're the plug machines. Yeah, yeah we're today. plugging plugging away. Um, I don't know. Email me, Dan. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> just gonna put your email out just there now. Throw it out just there. Google yeah. Dan, Dan, you'll at find sketchfest.org. him. Sketchfest.org. There you go. Very well. Um, so it sounds like you all had a previous background in maybe not specifically sketch, but at least comedy. Like where I don't know. Oh, let's yeah. go sort of around and just tell me like what you did prior to like I don't know like stand up improv. Did you do stuff in college? Like everybody's staring at me, so <laughs> I he I sort of pointed in I'm, your direction. So. I'm guessing that I go first. Um. I have always been really into just comedy in general. Like, um, and in high school, I was really into making like goofy videos with my friends. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go to film school, um, because I wanted to make sure that, uh, if I was going to spend a bunch of money getting a degree, it would be something that would never benefit me in any way. (laughs) But I got to spend four years making goofy videos with my friends. Um, Worth it. Yeah, totally. And um, so after that, after I graduated, my best friend from high school and I moved up to Toronto, Canada to become YouTube superstars. (laughs) 
And that's where um, I did some improv stuff, classes and stuff at the Second City, and um, did a little bit of stand-up and a little bit of sketch, um, and really loved it, but never made any money, and eventually uh, crawled back to my parents' house, skinny and starving, um, but kept on wanting to do comedy stuff. I just kind of like decided not to let it be a uh like it's not really a career aspiration anymore it's more just like hanging out with my friends and being silly and trying to make each other laugh sure um so that's kind of where i went with it when i moved here i met clayton uh because i kind of searched out some sketch comedy shows i always liked sketch the best more than improv or stand-up and uh just wanted to get involved very nice randy um yeah i i started studying sketch and improv in 2007 or 2008 um at in los angeles i was living in los angeles at the time so i went to the upright citizens brigade nice and uh it was really when i moved to la um i moved out there just because my cousin was out there and, and basically said like hey you should come out and and give it a shot and i had no sort of comedy or fame aspirations i was just going to be a regular dude who happened to live in la <laughs> um and then one year my uh girlfriend at the time now my my wife uh got me for my birthday a gift certificate or whatever to a class there at ucb and uh, i remember going to that and coming back from the first class and thinking like oh shit like this is what i needed in my life <laughs> like right. this is the stuff that i love doing um so yeah i've always been maybe sort of self-defeating that way of like, I'm, I'm not going to set any expectations. I'm never going to try to be famous or good at this. <laughs> I'm just going to do it because it's uh, a lot of fun. And so, yeah, that's where, that's where princess is at now. So when the, back when the economy first tanked, uh, I was unemployed for like a year. Mm -hmm. And so I had to move back home to St. Louis. So then I taught and uh, performed improv with a group called the improv trick run by Bill Cott. Uh, he's, just sort of famous i guess if you're from st louis um and then the company i was working for at the time was acquired by amazon and they paid to move us all out here because they didn't want to pay taxes in missouri uh <laughs> so i wound up in seattle and yeah just sort of started mingling just like dan like going to shows and sort of figuring out where the scene was sure and then i uh, wound up with these guys excellent glenn, glenn? oh um i guess i'll take your microphone sure. uh yeah i don't uh Gosh, I guess I don't have as much of a comedy background as these fellows here. Um, I guess I got into it through improv. Um, a girl I was seeing at the time had a group on to see a Jet City show, and I didn't even know what improv <laughs> was. And she had the coupon for a year before we broke up. She was moving to France, so we decided to um, go to do see that, and it was amazing. And I totally fell in love with improv, and I just started going to a lot of the classes and the jams and hanging out with a lot of that people and one thing led to another and I'm actually part of a theater called the Seattle Comedy Group. They put on a comedy sports show which I guess they're, they're a national franchise. Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of a cast member in hiatus, hiatus with them right now but um, yeah so I was doing improv first and then uh, Clayton approached me for doing sketch. I've never done sketch before so that was my end into this world. Josh? Uh, well for me um, I kind of came into performing on stage in like a really weird roundabout way way back in high school when 
I didn't get into theater first. I actually joined my high school's speech team where I just performed for like tiny little rooms of people. And that's sort of like performed like, yeah, yeah. So um, at least in Minnesota, it's like this in a few different states. But for Minnesota, um, there's like the informative uh, speaking division where it's just like a more formalized speech. And then there's like the interpretive division where it's comedy, dramatic writing. That sort of thing. Yeah, I did. Interesting. Speech. I did speech in in high school as well, and yeah, a lot of the events are more like competitive acting. Yeah. Well, I went to a tiny high school. Like we had nothing like that. We had football and soccer. <laughs> we didn't even have soccer, so I'm I'm with you. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I I did that first, and then it wasn't until um, my senior year of high school that I actually tried out for a play, and I just kind of got bitten by the the theater bug. Um, and then I also was taking classes uh, at the Brave New Workshop in Minneapolis, um, one of the oldest uh, improv theaters in the country, I believe. Started back in 1958. Good nice plug. plug. Yeah. <laughs> um, so went to school out here, uh, did a lot of theater at school, got involved in the uh, comedy troupe known as ubiquitous day which i should mention is also distinct from the ubiquitous day that lives here in seattle hmm. um ubiquitous day up here in seattle grew out of that um troop down at ups um and they still exist down there but they're just completely separate entities um so once i graduated moved away for a little while um but i ended up coming back to seattle because i really like the city a lot i got a lot of friends out here um and i really like the theater scene a lot too and um, when I was moving back out here, like I knew that, you know, Clayton was getting stuff started with the Pocket Theater. I knew that he was already heavily involved uh, with Sketchfest. So I sought him out specifically and, you know, um, wanted to get involved in all kinds of stuff. And I've kind of just, you know, sort of kicked around different places in the in the area. Done like theater Ballard Underground. Um, done shows here at the pocket and then have been performing with these guys this year so it's it's really interesting to hear you guys say that that you're coming from this more from an angle of we do it because it's fun we do it for the joy of comedy rather than we have a plan like and there's there's no it's no more or less valid either way but uh last time i sat down with uh, now with dames they're like we have a clear plan the next step is to do this and then the next step is to do this and eventually we're going to get on tv or whatever i oh, i don't shit. remember Maybe specifically yeah. no, no I'm, I listened, I'm not i listened <laughs> well, to a little bit of their interview and it was like we have a 10-year plan like, uh-huh. we, have, <laughs> we we know what we're going to be doing this time next year and i was like i don't wow. even know what we're going to do next week right <laughs> we well they're they're also organic. young so yeah well <laughs> i think sometimes though for like for me personally part of having no plan is like i said to prevent not hitting the goals of that plan. <laughs> yeah, you can't fail yourself. You yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah the Heart of Princess is four very lazy men. Yeah, yes. we're not ambitious at all, no. basically. But we're no. really nice guys. Yeah, right? Can You can hear me through here. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who can hear you. I'm seeing a waveform, but I'm not sure where it's coming I'll from, so it'll be interesting. Oh, should be fine. You guys do up it. Yeah, I mean, I I was thinking about that today, that, like, I... I used to want to turn comedy into a career, but now it's like I have a job and I like my job. And after it's over, I like to just hang out with a few of my best friends and just like try to make each other laugh. 
and that's uh, I think that's kind of what drives all four of us is just like trying to make each other laugh trying to have a good time and like do something productive with all of our jagging around time <laughs> I mean I'm the youngest one of these guys how old um, are you I'm 26 oh, Jesus <laughs> all right um and I can't deny that I still have like you know some aspirations. Life with... hasn't completely beaten you down. No, sure. you have hitched hasn't. to the wrong wagon, man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but I definitely, I mean, I, I really enjoy just the organic nature of, of Princess a lot. I, I, I like that we don't like have this giant goal to one day see our names in the stars or anything like that. We're just kind of doing what we're doing, and as it progresses along, it's, it's great how it how it goes. I, I think it's I think it's awesome. Well, and the interesting thing is I've seen you guys live two or three times now, and I get a definite sense of th there's an energy to your performances that I don't really see with the other guys, and it's not to compare you to say better or worse. It's just a very, like, you guys are fucking electric. Like, you guys are just so into it, and that's that's a thing I get from that. And it's weird to hear you guys talk so laid back, like, yeah, it's just a thing <laughs> we do because we're hanging out or whatever because you seem so into it, you know? Well, yeah, for me, I mean, like Dan was saying, I, I have a job. Um, I don't like mine as much as Dan likes his, I don't <laughs> think. But uh, it's it's all right. And, you know, I have, like, I've been married six years. I have a house payment and stuff. So that's the sort of stuff that pins me from making any sort of five-year take-over-the-world plans because it's sure. like, well, I got to keep the mortgage up to date. Um, but, yeah, part of that energy for me is just, like, I'm just so fucking excited to get to go do this stuff because, like, uh, it's – it really is an outlet for me in the sense of like when I don't have something creative and especially fun going on, I mean, it'll, you just fall into this funk. Uh, and like my wife is great about like, you know, you should find some friends and do some stuff because I noticed that you, <laughs> you haven't left sounds the very house. familiar to me. I, yeah. I can relate. Yeah. It, it seems to be sort of common among uh, like creative people is like when you're yeah. not being creative, it's really easy to just fall into a hole and, and yep. just be depressed and miserable. And I don't think any of us are in that hole right now. Um, I feel like all of us, this isn't, Princess isn't the only thing that we all do. Mm -hmm. That's know? true. Like the only creative thing you mean. Right. Exactly. Right, right. Exactly. Well, I know a, a couple of you were involved with a, there was a Breaking Bad show that you did. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. was Josh. That was Josh that put was that my, together. My child. Um, and I invited Dan and Randy along for the ride. Um, Just walk the listener through what that was. Yeah, sure. So uh, way back last year, I had this idea that I wanted to pay an homage to Breaking Bad somehow. Um, and I was like, I really want to do like a 60-minute adaptation of the entire five-season arc. Um, and so actually with Taylor, uh, I started sitting down and just trying to write out the whole series just in like a quick little format kind of putting a little bit more of a jokey spin on mm -hmm. it uh so it basically turned into like an, a comedy show um by itself and uh that took forever <laughs> <laughs> finally finished uh the scripts uh this past spring and then i started asking around for people who wanted to be in it didn't have any like casting i just was like i want to do this with my friends i want this to be like a passion project and i just want to to have fun with it and uh Got a group together. We rehearsed over the summer, and it was like the one of the inaugural shows for when the pocket opened up um, its actual theater location, um, and that was just a lot of fun. It was huge for me. Yeah, I saw that you did like a teaser of I guess season one. Yeah. At uh, the, oh, the yeah, variety the show that Clayton did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 
That was they looked yeah, like a lot of fun. Season one was about five and a half minutes long. Yeah, that yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we went yeah. we went through it. It was like it was like, hey, you want to cook meth? Okay, da da da. Like the and, end. And, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm dead. Yeah. yeah, if you have ADD, you would love it. Yeah, <laughs> actually, you can still you can still watch the whole thing. It's on Ooh. YouTube now. So go ahead and spell out the yeah. URL. Yeah. Well, I can't. I Lowercase can't name Z. The URL. If you can, if you can <laughs> give me links after, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll provide. It's just if you just search "We Need to Cook" on YouTube, you should definitely be able to find it. It's an hour long. We were we were actually here doing something around that time, like that night, and uh, one of the guys I had acting for me had not seen Breaking Bad, intended to see Breaking Bad, and ran from the room with his ears like, ah, no, oh, no, 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 spoilers, spoilers. Yeah, so, so many spoilers, sorry. <laughs> lots and lots of spoilers. Don't apologize for your art, John. <laughs> yeah. I forgot, we'll never want to be an artist, never apologize. That was a really neat thing to work on, though, um, and... There was one moment for me that was really cool where we were doing it, we were rehearsing, and it just didn't feel 100%. Like, we were sort of like, uh, what, is this really funny? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? And then um, someone, I think it might have been you, Josh, or maybe Bob, the director of the show, was saying, like, just plow through your lines, like, as fast as you can and be sprinting on and off stage. And, like, <laughs> there was so much comedy that we found from just rushing it as much as we could because it went from like we're trying to approximate breaking bad to right. like we're trying to do this as fast as we possibly can <laughs> and that was like it added so much energy to I the show. I drew a lot of inspiration for doing the show actually from something I did in college uh, a friend of mine um ripped a bunch of lines from the Star Wars series like all six movies and mm -hmm. put it all into this thing called Star Wars in 60 minutes. Um and I had the pleasure of being involved in that and just sort of that like frenetic energy I think just gives so much to a show like that just just going through it and just getting through as much as you can in as short a period of time as you can um just gives so much joy i think to the audience just seeing the actors like you know completely just fall over in exhaustion <laughs> right <laughs> from, from doing the whole thing you know i think yeah. it's something to watch absolutely that's, that's kind of a common style that we tend to shoot for with princess as well mm -hmm. like what you were saying earlier al about the energy like we all kind of have an improv background yeah. and we know that, you know, you can, you can take a kind of ho-hum scene and make it really hit just by like raising the energy as much as you can. And right. we have, yeah. like when we're writing sketches, we'll always be like, this is, this is a, you know, some of them were like, this is a funny sketch. And some of them it's like, this is an energy sketch. It's right. like not as important that we hit every line as it is that we just like be super high energy and get the audience to kind of buy into that right that's also a big part of our writing process is all of us have at least a little bit of improv background so we find so much meat in our sketches from once we like from going from the page to putting it on its legs where we'll just start riffing just cracking each other up and then, you know, every once in a while you find one where you're like, oh, that's good. That stays. Like, put that in. That guy has to say that now. Now, that all happens in the writing process, right? Like, you don't really oh, try Jesus to... Jesus Christ, to, Glenn. Glenn. You don't try to surprise each other and, uh, like, uh, catch the other guy off guard by suddenly throwing an improv line on and stage. Oh, no. Well, oh, we definitely do that. We definitely do that. Yeah. I just... I just it seems like something you guys role. would do, but I don't... It's your role. <laughs> usually... I mean, usually not on stage. So oh, much as, no, like, not during a show. Like, we're practicing. Oh. Yeah. Like, on stage, we'll kind of... I, the stage version of sketches often ends up being just, like, 
the greatest hits of all the silly shit we said to each other in rehearsals to try to crack each other up. Totally. Right? It's mm-hmm. totally like, that's funny. Like, and the script is always just like the starting point. And by the time we get sketches on stage, they're usually very different to the point where yeah. when we try to go back and re-perform old sketches, <laughs> yes. we'll go read the script and we're like, this isn't how that. We didn't do this at all. At all. <laughs> We don't even typically go back and add those lines to the script. Right. We just like we just know, know them it. because there are parts we we work with them. And yeah, we know what we need to say. The script ends up just being like that skeleton, and then we start hanging all our little bits of stuff on it. We have a really lazy writing process. Also, I just also want to true. mention um, that Randy writes about ninety percent of all our sketches. It's absolutely true. <laughs> it's, no, it's seriously so when he true. Says, when he, he says we, it's it's him. I mean, yeah. Randy has a very strong writing pedigree. Um, and well, thank you. Well, yeah, nice no, plug. I mean, yeah, you, nice you plug. fuel a lot of like the stuff that we do. Um, oh and guys. I always feel lucky if I manage to get a, a sketch in that makes the cut for a show. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Randy's Randy's a really Randy. Strong if we're the Ninja Turtles, Randy's definitely Donatello. Leonardo. Oh, Leonardo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, Randy, Randy's definitely the bus driver of this yeah. bus. Um, yeah. One of the things I really like about our writing, though, is, and this sort of came out of what Clayton had us doing just as exercises, but we we sort of default to it a lot of the time, is we will bring in a sketch. Someone bring, I bring in a sketch, and uh, <laughs> we read it, and the group says, you know, yay or nay, and if it's a yay, then someone else says, I'm going to take this, and now I'm going to edit it and polish it. And one of the guys I love handing work to the most is Glenn, because Glenn thinks completely differently from me. Very, <laughs> very different. I'm not a. I don't write. Yeah, well. I, I'm very much a writer. Like, here is a scenario, and how do we elevate the stakes? And Glenn is he's all about like I have an idea, but it's just like a guy like he moved this way, and then he starts yeah. dancing, and we're sort of like, okay, <laughs> we'll how watch do we? Him and we're like yeah. nodding our heads, like okay, we'll, okay. He'll always take these kind of like dry cerebral sketches. And when it comes back, it has, like, musical numbers in it <laughs> yeah. and, like, dance moves. And it just, like, you, you do bring a lot of life to things. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, and that's, I mean, along with the energy thing, one thing I really notice about you guys is you're very physical. And you're all, like, all of you have an element to your performance that is not like I am just here reading lines. You're all sort of there. You know what I mean? And yeah, there's some yeah. choreography and there's some like I mean, obviously you have the big musical number you were closing on for a while. I don't know if you're still doing it, the beards thing. We shaved our beards. We, oh, yeah, yeah, we mixed well, it up, but we almost always have a musical number or mm-hmm. singing or something. Well yeah, something. you did the Wonka thing, that's right. Last time I saw you. That's right. Yeah, yeah well the Wonka. Something physical without a lot of lines in it. We like right. those two, like yeah. the spider web. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Show. yeah. Yeah, when Randy writes a sketch, it actually has lines. And when I write a sketch, it's like, well, I All think, stage directions. I, imagine some of us were flies and one of us was a spider. <laughs> our our <laughs> shared work folder is filled with stuff from Gled where it'll just be one line. And it's like Stephen Hawking. And we're just, yeah. okay, I'll go into practice and see what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think if we've ever actually, in the time I've been with the group, ever actually collaborated on a whole script, like with all of us getting involved. Not really. No, we, it's I it's keep, very individualized. The scripts in how we tend that's to just true. show up like someone goes home and writes a script and like brings it in. Right. Usually, brings <laughs> um, I want to. I mean, I try, but God, yeah. I, I don't have the productivity that Randy has. But so, then, 
but like we were saying, like writing the script is only like the first part. Yeah. Mm. And we tend to we show up and we're like, yeah, that's good enough. Let's start, you know, playing with it. And yeah. then we we get up on stage or get up on our feet yeah. and practice it and just like tear the script apart. Tear it <laughs> apart. I think that we're also we excel at like, you know, just kind of tweaking and editing. Um, whatever ideas get brought in, either by Randy or whoever else happens to produce a script. Other people way. have ideas. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we do, um, we do, but man. We're also, that's back to like the physicality stuff is I think if we went with a lot of the scripts I write as is, they would be terrible talking heads, just two people standing there. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that we're, we're we've gotten a lot better at is like, oh, this line works on paper, but the the way my guy says it just doesn't work or like it it feels more natural to say it this way or whatever um so that's it's sort of like every time someone brings a script or an idea it's like a new toy and mm-hmm. we're immediately immediately like okay let's jump up and play with it and like let's see you know how how much fun we have with it um and if it cracks us up then it's then it's going in so I, another sort of pedestrian question but usually this sort of leads some more fun uh influences yeah. as far as like what what do you like do you all just sort of have common like like when I talked to now with Ames they're like we're big SNL guys we we love SNL blah 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 like do you, do you, oh, is I there any specific you know what I mean like if there's um, not we can we can move on I got other stuff Well I mean there. like for me personally Upright Citizens Brigade was huge I don't know if you guys saw that show on the 90s in Comedy Central show, that yeah. was my first introduction to them um and then just the the improv stuff that they do uh Kids in the Hall I think is common among all of us probably Yeah Mr. Show uh, Mr. Show huge um I kind of just watch whatever man I I don't know uh, cartoons for me are just a big thing. Cartoons. Cartoons. Yeah, no. Totally. I, I love cartoons. I I love like Ed, Ed and Eddie. Yeah. I love that kind of humor. Um, stuff on Adult Swim. I think that Rick and Morty is like one of the best shows. Rick on and Morty's good right now. Um, yeah, I love I love animated stuff. I I like I go to other people's shows, um, and whatever I find funny, I steal it and <laughs> change it just enough so that no one would know that i stole it <laughs> carlos mencia of seattle sketch it's oh, a lot of work carlos to be original mencia is gonna be mad here that. Uh, he's probably oh yeah big listener yeah he's on the subscriber um that is that is true though like last night we saw uh day job their mm-hmm. new show and that is a big thing for me as far as like influencing i'll see groups uh drop through free and run you've had mm-hmm. them on or some of them now with Dames, Charles, uh, mm-hmm. Seattle Institution, I'll go see those guys and be watching a sketch. And it's not its not like to demean them or whatever, but in my head, I'm like, oh, I, I got to write something better. I would have done that differently. Or, yeah. Or, or yeah, or sure. that, or here's what I would take that. Right. And then you can't necessarily come out next week and do like their right. exact same sketch, but here's my twist yeah. on it. But that sort of competitive nature of me of like, uh, or of my brain of like, Oh, I, w- I want to top that, or that just inspired me to try to be funny or whatever. Yeah, that's a huge part of me or my writing process. Um, the the, the influence thing sort of leads into my other thing, which is, do you feel like Princess has a voice, or is it just sort of you throw everything you think in that's funny? Like, is there stuff you come up with is like this is not a princess sketch. This maybe could go somewhere else, or like, is there mm-hmm. does your material sort of conform to a specific expectation of what your group does, or do you try to sort of redefine that as you go filthy filthy for sure we're, <laughs> um, we're just a bunch of dick joke idiots yeah we do we do uh like to let things get blue i 
we've never really thrown away a script for not being a princess sketch, but no. I do feel like some of the stuff we've done um, didn't really work on stage. And when we went back and looked at it, it was like, oh, that didn't work because that's not us. Like, that's not our yeah. style. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's not funny, right? It just means right. you guys have established a tone and that's what you do. Yeah, I wouldn't, we've never really thought about like policing the princess brand or whatever sure. to say like, oh, this isn't our type of humor because we'll do anything if it makes us if laugh. If we policed our brand, we'd never get anything done. Yeah, we <laughs> tend to try to be pretty shameless in that way. So yeah. I don't mm -hmm. think we'd see anything and be like, that is inappropriate. Well, I don't. I don't mean policing in the sense of like censoring yourselves, but, no, just, but just in the voice, sense of what. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, the voice yeah. of like this is this is who we are. This is what we want to put out there. Like, because I know that you do mix it up. Like there are dick jokes, but then yeah. you'll also get political sometimes, and then there'll be a musical number. Like you do seem to have sort of a healthy mix of not all the same kind of stuff, which is good. We do have semi-regular conversations about the amount of dick jokes in the show. <laughs> yeah, we try to keep it, like, if we... if 30% dick jokes by yeah. volume. We have definitely had times where it's like, okay, we have too many, like, gross-out sketches right. in one show. Now yeah. we need to switch one of them out for something that's a little less gross. Sure. Yeah. Just yeah. as an addendum to a dance, that was when we had Taylor, though. Because now it's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, was he sort of like the conscience of the group? And now you're just like... Uh, he was very vocal about like, I don't want to be that guy or that group. And sure. I sort of have this uh, like childish rebellion against... Uh, <laughs> Seattle is a progressive nightmare state. Uh, I say that as a progressive person. Mm -hmm. But the comedy scene is very... Uh, and it's to its credit, it's very touchy-feely. It's very inclusive. It's very, you know, hey, don't, don't go up on stage and do your 10-minute rape joke like, sure and we don't do rape jokes really ever but um there's also a little bit of like hmm you're doing poo poo humor kind of turn up our nose from some people and i'm sort of like yeah well you know what we we are and it's funny and guess what people laugh when we do it yeah. so we we are the proud owners of www.butthole i was waiting for that i was gonna <laughs> good see plug. how long it took for that to good come plug. up 39 <laughs> minutes so. and i i just want to mention that i am the proud owner of a puppy and i just bought myself <laughs> A camera that films in slow motion. Are you and plugging will, your puppy? This I, is. I will tell you this. I will tell you this that 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 watching a puppy poop in slow motion is always funny. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you can somehow incorporate that into your show, I don't know if it'd be some kind of mime or like can projection we use that or for like a princess video sketch. I wish just like if we just... can include my puppy in any way and just this, this like yeah. paradigm. Absolutely yes. Yeah, we're in. Okay. Cool. The fifth cool. member of Princess is quite fuzzy. Nova, <laughs> man, I would I would love for Nova to be an official Princess member. She's awesome. I just got our pink well, puppy shirt. So we'll put it to a vote. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, Princess, the name, yeah. the pink shirt. It's like, what's what's that about? The is the, that just hanging a lantern on the fact that you're four guys, or is there more to it than that? Actually, at our first show, uh, it was. Princess was the very first show at the Pocket Theater back when the Pocket was still nomadic, and so it would rent a different space every month, and we got to be the very first uh, people to open it up. But a woman came in off the street, sort of, you know, what's going on here? And this was when it was over at West of Lennon. Good plug. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, oh, there's a group, uh, Princess, you might want to check us out. And she, like, looked at our promo photo or whatever, and she was like, you can't call yourselves Princess, you're all guys. And I was like, what? <laughs> How? <laughs> So there's that progressiveness again. Minded, uh, yeah. But uh, Princess, Some, someone else approached me once and thought that it was like, 
really cool that we were making like a gay pride statement. Hmm. Um, <laughs> sure. Are, are we're, we making a we're statement? friends of the gay community? I mean, yeah, we're certainly yeah, I mean, not we enemies. Are friends of the gay community. What, what, what statement are we making? I guess. Well, the name Princess came about because we had this uh, back when Clayton was still like sort of teaching us how yeah, to be a group. We were gearing up for our first show. We had to pick a name, and we had a spreadsheet of like I don't know a hundred different names, and some of them were funny and some of them were just awful and we could not agree we tried whittling it down like five times and i think it was glenn was finally like at this point just call her just call it pretty pretty princess i don't give a shit (laughs) uh and then we were sort of like well princess princess could work yeah pretty pretty princess was on the list we were almost um juan as juan 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 we that I think that was the one that had the most consensus right that before was the we arrived at Princess. <laughs> yeah, um, and I'm glad we didn't go with Juan. I still like Juan. I might, <laughs> I might start a group called Juan could somewhere. Be a solo show called Juan. <laughs> sure, Juan is the loneliest is number. Juan. Oh wait, no, yeah. And the pink shirt thing just kind of rose out of that. Like mm-hmm. once we, once we decided we were going to be Princess, like. I've always been a fan of groups kind of having a look like when a, when a sketch troupe walks into a room, other people should be able to be like, Oh, those people are together. Right. Mm. That's a team, you know? And the pink dress shirt thing just kind of like was kind of obvious. Once we got to princess, it was like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Once we picked the name princess, I already had a pink button down shirt. And I was like, I can use this. And also, I was also thinking, like, it'd be fun to kind of harken back to, like, the days of, like, doo-wop bands and Motown. Um, and, like, that time. Where of, everybody like, comes out in the same suit and, yeah. Yeah, because everything now is so individualistic. And mm-hmm. I don't think it lends itself well to, like, forming that kind of, like, group brand. Well. Glenn's all about branding. Yep. I mean, yes, yeah, some of it is individualistic. Although, I mean, there's other groups out there now with, like, their own brands of, of team clothing. I mean, now Dames has their... We started, Fancy suits. We started it though. Yeah, I was gonna say when I saw Day the, Job, they yeah, were all ro- yeah, Rosie the Riveter. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and Drop the Root Beer and Run is Paisley now. They do Paisley, all that Paisley. Yeah. When we first started, Drop the Root Beer and Run was always doing like all purple. Yeah. And I always like, and we showed up all pink, and it was <laughs> kind of like, like they changed theirs right away. And uh-huh. I always wondered what would have happened if they didn't. <laughs> They would have just stuck with purple, and we would have had some sort of weird, like purple versus pink, I like gang war, like uh, West Side Story thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, I have pitched uh, Matt Olson and Zach Nelson, and I are are continuously in development, but never actually moving forward. Back to like not having a plan, but to do like a rivalry show where it would be like a sharks and jets kind of thing, like competing for the audience's affection or whatever. Yeah, like WWF wrestlers. Yeah. we can like call each other out. Yeah, yeah I like, think that's also something that would probably happen very likely with day job too yeah i've Especially been talking to them about it last night i think molly there. actually does not like me <laughs> i was talking to her last <laughs> night i was talking to her last night and getting zero so yeah, i don't know what the deal I'm, is i'm hoping to get them on the show so now i will bookmark that and ask yes please do please do <laughs> yeah they're uh we've robbed them of victory at the sketch fest fun fight oh they won they won the fun fight and then the way the fun fight is set up it was it was like bracket style one sketch uh or one group does a sketch then another group and then the audience votes with their dollars mm-hmm. who wins so we both uh advanced to the final round i last year when we did this we got blown out of the water Went up by ubiquitous, ubiquitous they, they in mm-hmm. the first round so this year 
uh, we went up against Ubiquitous Day in the first round again, so I immediately bought $100 worth of tickets. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was not going to lose to Ubiquitous Day again. Right. But we ended up beating them, uh, and we ended up not needing that ace in the hole uh, <laughs> until the very last round and it was uh we were down by like three tickets or whatever and it was going once going twice and then i unfurled this thing and it was oh, very dramatic it uh it was very dramatic and <laughs> shit all over there harder i heard win. at least one person that was genuinely pissed off by that outcome was yeah, it molly tellers because no, i think I mean, that's who it, it was, was some it was some <laughs> random audience member but um yeah i mean <laughs> they, that, they they are funnier they, but we're better capitalists <laughs> <laughs> that's right Get a day job, day job. Um, The one thing, oh, uh, pink shirts, though, that was kicking around my brain. Uh, The one thing about the pink shirts that I like is we don't do a lot of props or set pieces or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the pink shirts sort of function as like a blank canvas for the audience to say like, okay, there's, there's nothing weird and distracting keeping me from believing that he's a pirate or whatever in this scene because they're all just sort of in uniform sure mm-hmm. sort of sets expectations Although very low we have broken that rule uh we did break that rule during Sketchfest when we had the life ref sketch glenn wore a different shirt yeah, that's right a referee shirt. But it, was, it was a part of the it was part of like the it was sketch and that sketch tanked so yeah. now we know <laughs> <laughs> so now it turns into like a sports fan like i wasn't wearing my lucky shirt and we lost kind of thing or like mm. He, yeah. yeah, he broke yeah, the juju yeah. of the pink shirt. Also, you have to get a new pink shirt because you have like one button on that <laughs> button down shirt. Yeah, good, good remembering that. Yeah. It's on my to do list. Okay. Yeah, it's um, the pink shirt thing is, yeah, it's a blank slate, and um, we don't tend to do prop stuff unless the prop itself is like, it's a feature funny. joke. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, it's generally. If I'm drunk and have bought a giant inflatable hamburger off Amazon, <laughs> now we're using that in a sketch. Yeah, True story. The giant inflatable. But we did that sketch without the giant inflatable hamburger. And I don't know that the inflatable hamburger really added a lot to it. No one didn't get the reaction I wanted. Yeah, that's kind of like the weird like paradox of props is that like you want them to be there, but a prop is never going to be as good as like the image of that prop that the person has in their mind if you just like pantomime it sure and the prop can only come up short it can never like be better than that i think that's kind of where our you know our improv sensibilities kick into yeah you know just if you just and i don't know for lack of a better word inflect that there is like a a gun in your hand Mm -hmm. then the audience is going to buy that they can imagine it the audience imagination is a lot stronger than a lot of people yeah. get credit for. You'll never forget it. Yeah. You'll never drop it. You'll never lose it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Props I'm, to me, too, are like an all or nothing thing. Like, if you have one prop on stage, it stands mm-hmm. out as like a shitty prop. So you have to either do a fully produced prop department for your show and look like you know what you're doing, or I say go with nothing. Or they just uniformly look like crap like it did with Breaking Bad. <laughs> like <laughs> camo guns. But that was sort of part of the charm. Oh, it was yeah. like, this is low budget and well yeah you and if you're going with the with the fast pace then then you get sort of like hastily thrown together vibe and then yeah that makes don't total feel sense. bad about dropping them on the floor yeah like i i played hank schrader so i wore like pantyhose on my head for a bald cap kind of a thing <laughs> like it was very very spur of the moment yep. right 
Well, that's that's pretty much all I had. I know a couple of you have to get out of here, so I mean, uh, yeah. not not that we haven't given the opportunity, but if there's any further things to plug, uh, now would be the time. If, where where can the where can the world? Because my my listenership, we have some people in Seattle, but we have a lot of people elsewhere. So if they wanted to find you on the internet and see what you do, is there? ButtholeMassage.com. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that com. redirects yeah. to our Facebook. So when is the uh, next time we're performing, guys? If you're in Seattle, oh, when does this go up? Do you know? Do you have any idea? Uh, no, sir. I have a giant, like, ridiculous, scary thing on my wall, but I'm not looking at it right yeah, now. Yeah, so, so this sometime toward the end of November. Okay, so if you're in Seattle, uh, December 4th, we're here at the Pocket Theater, thepocket.org, uh, performing as part of Etch a Sketch, which is like a monthly open mic. Mm hmm. Um, I am performing with an improv group called the Pocket Players again here at the Pocket on December nineteenth. You guys have anything going well, on? I mean, we're also part of that. We oh yeah, be, you guys are in. Yeah, that. Glenn and I are also part of that. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> about that. Well, come yeah. to practice. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, and then um, I mean, don't want to give too much away, but we are thinking about moving into the realm of of video sketches as well. So. <laughs> Back to not having a plan. I mean, no, <laughs> it no, no, is, no, no, no. Uh, we, we've made. I mean, to be fair though, we've made strong moves towards it. So I mean, very it's something strong. that is is on the horizon that may be happening in the future. I don't know. Yeah. We've we've got a lot of of uh, things on the grill right now. Yeah, we're also working. Uh, we have a meeting next week with Kenny Davis from Now with Dames. I don't know how much we're allowed to talk about that yet. He's putting together a show that we may or may not be in. Um, I won't give it away, but stay tuned for that. I don't know. <laughs> that was yeah, a terrible plug. Um, we don't have any shows scheduled right now as as a group other than Etch and Sketch. Um, January, though. There's a mashup at the end of January. If anyone mm -hmm. wants to be in a mashup, email me, dan at sketchfest.org. Good plug. Yeah, we'll probably our show will probably come out in January again, yeah. and we'll have time to rehearse a little bit. Um, so if we sound fun and interesting check out buttholemassage.com yep. yeah <laughs> sorry for the url so, <laughs> no you're not we're, we're not no, no. we're not Don't oh, come on own it that randy actually bought like 500 business cards oh yeah is that it is and there any context like or is it just buttholemassage.com like nice embossed business cards <laughs> well we do we wrote a sketch uh that was very well received i will add but uh this the, is the one that won the competition you were talking about earlier right yes. oh yeah, yeah it did well yeah in addition to yeah Randy's. didn't actually win but i right. bought our, our win um but uh yeah the whole premise of the sketch is uh josh has a shop that advertises a butthole massage. I walk in and it's actually a butthole massage. Mm -hmm. It's this Sri Lankan bodywork technique. But is it really a butthole massage? And then it, massage? it gets very yeah. meta. But and at one point, Josh breaks character and says like the whole premise then becomes like I am making him do this gross yeah, thing where the he's going to. Turns into that Randy. Every sketch Randy writes involves all of us having to touch buttholes with him. And it was really inappropriate. And given the reveal that you write 90% of the sketches uh, yeah, it was based a good in reality. Yeah. cheek of the yeah. group, you know, just like a good just holding the mirror up the, your own faces and just taking hole. a good hard yeah. stare. Yeah, that staring at our buttholes. That sketch was one of the best, like, surprises of our writing process mm. for me, like, ever. Because Randy showed up, like, three meetings in a row, like, working on this sketch where a guy... Uh, <laughs> the sign says butthole massage, but the he's like it's pronounced butthole massage, and we were all like, "That's stupid! Yeah. That's yeah. stupid! Yeah. That's like the most one note crap hole joke ever." <laughs> and then he shows up with this script, 
and the whole premise is what a one note crap hole joke <laughs> that was and it was just so perfect i i love that sketch yeah so that i wound up uh buying business cards for josh's character jasper for the butholi massage uh clinic or office uh-huh. or whatever the, the motto on the the card i believe is just it's pronounced butholi yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. This show was produced by me, Ron Algar-Watt, and featured Josh Bornstein, Randy Cleveland, Dan Hart, and Glenn Yoshioka. To learn more about Princess, go to buttholemassage.com. To learn more about me, visit algar.com. That's double A-L-G-A-R dot com. Thanks for listening.